Hello, children. It is your dad. Well, you know it's your dad. I don't know why I said that. So, right now, I'm out of state. I surprised your cousin, who just graduated from college. And I saw him graduate today, which was great. And so now I'm, I took some time just to be by myself. And I relaxed in my hotel room and slept and did nothing. I did absolutely nothing. It's every, it's every uh, parent's dream, I think, to do nothing. So I'm driving right now. I ordinarily wouldn't, wouldn't, uh, what's it called, uh, record while, while I'm, uh, driving, but I'm excited. I just went to Barnes and Noble and I found a Bible that also has 13 creeds in it. And these are a bunch of documents written later on, um, that further explain the gospel. Well, a bunch of things, but there's the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed, there's the Westminster Confession of Faith, the Osberg Confession. These are things I had to be very familiar with when I was asked to be in the nonprofit I've been running for the last couple of years. And, and so I'm excited to actually see them inside this one Bible. It's kind of cool. Kind of nerding out about it. One day, I'll go over the, the creeds with you. In fact, I mean, I'm already looking to the horizon. It's going to be a while before I finish the Bible, but I'm so excited to do it that I, I would not be surprised if I finished it within the year. And then uh, I think I'll, I'll go over some of the creeds. I think the Osberg Confession is just an amazing piece of literature that pretty easily explains the non-negotiables of the Christian faith. There's a lot of non-negotiables out there. And I could try and recite them by memory. Our senior pastor at our church, he, he actually did a sermon series on it for the high school kids. And he didn't record it. And I told him to his face, you're, you're a complete idiot that you didn't record that. Sorry, the noise of the blinker's kind of loud. I, I just, but you know, then again, I do that to anybody. So I don't care what your position is in the, in the church. Um, I think I've cussed him out too. He knew I was joking, but by the time you hear this, you'll understand my humor. So, sorry, where, where was I? So, um, there are non-negotiables being a Christian. There are things you must believe in order to call yourself a Christian. And the term Christian gets thrown out a lot. People say, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. I'm the, um, and so that, that's fine. I can appreciate that. But it's a term that should be held with reverence. Because as soon as Jesus ascended, they didn't know what to call themselves. Um, in fact, the term Christian, it actually means little Christ or little sa- slave of Christ, if it's translated from uh, either Hebrew or Aramaic, I forget. And the first time the, fr- the phrase Christian was uttered was in uh, Antioch. Not, not, not the city in California, but uh, there's a city, I think, I think it's in Greece. I, I, I could be wrong, so please don't quote me on that. 
So anyways, here are the non-negotiables of Christianity as I understand them. Okay? One, you have to believe in the triune God. The Trinity is what most people call it. Meaning, there's God, there's the Father, there's the Son, and the Spirit. Some people call him the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, it's the Spirit. And I'm going to go further a little bit because I've dabbled in apologetics and I've read a lot of books on it. It's not... All three don't create, don't, are not God. Separately, the Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God, together as one. So first thing you have to believe, um, and this is in no particular order, I'm working from memory, I'm, I'm looking for a place to eat in, in this downtown college town. Second one is you have to believe the divinity in the divinity of Jesus Christ, and and that He has been always there. Jesus is not a created being. Those that believe that are dead wrong, and I use that phrase "dead wrong" um, literally and figuratively. I don't think you have a saving faith in Jesus Christ. You think He's a created being. He wasn't. He was always there with the Father and the Spirit. Two, I've heard pastors talk about this, and I, you, you know I mean, you're going to have to believe it. Jesus was born from a virgin. You also have to believe in the miracles Jesus did and the signs. You also need to believe that Jesus lived a perfect life. He did not have one sin his entire life. Not one. There's also the belief that you, you have to have that Jesus died for our sins. And he rose again three days later. The next thing you have to believe is you have to believe faith in him gives you eternal life. Those are the non-negotiables. I think there's a couple more. I'm skipping them because I'm actually like looking around too. Like, no, I don't want to go to pizzeria. Don't want to go to McDonald's. Go there. Uh, so anyways, um, uh, there are, and I'm just riffing right now. I'm, 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 I'm going to read Deuteronomy 5 and 6 next. And De- Deuteronomy 6, 4 is one of my favorite, favorite verses, 6, 4 and 6, 5. In fact, Jesus quotes it, um, I believe on the Sermon on the Mount later on, much later on. So... We have 2,000 years of church history. That's humans trying to grasp what Jesus did. And they've boiled it down to 66 books in the Bible. Written by, I think, 40 different people from all walks of life. I love the, you know, when I went to undergrad, I went to a very, 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 very very liberal anti-God undergraduate institution and they like to say "Oh, I don't want to listen to a book written by a bunch of white guys a bunch of old white guys and nothing could be further from the truth they were mostly Middle Eastern and, and African descent 
one of the things, one of the critiques I hear from my friends who practice Islam is that the Quran was written in Arabic and it's never been and it's never been altered and the, the Bible's been altered a bunch of times well the truth behind that is because of the printing press they have been able to track down a bunch of Bibles for the last thousand, fifteen hundred years they've been able to compare errors in the Bible and misquotes and like just uh, discrepancies. Now, let me tell you this. Based on a book, I think it was, like, it was an atheist that wrote the book, I think. Based on this, and I forget the guy's name. I'll get it for you, or I won't. Um, 99.6% of those errors were like grammatical. Or like typos, in, in so to speak. So, when I hear people say, well, the Bible is not true, you know, it's written so long ago, and um, oh, that's right. Another thing you have to believe is God is omnipotent and omniscient. He's always around, he's everywhere, and he's all-powerful. I think that's, those are also non-negotiables. Sorry. I'm just skipping around right now. Nope, I'm not going to eat at an auto parts store or a mattress store. I'm in, like, the wrong part of town. There's, like, no restaurants around. Anyways, there's a lot. There's a lot I'd like to talk to you guys about about apologetics. Another thing, apologetics is is um, one thing. Apologetics is not is arguing people into the faith. You will never be able to do that. And I wouldn't want to argue someone into the faith, anyways. That, that would be a very weak faith. You. A, a phrase I've heard is you. You talk about. What is it? Sorry, I'm like really not paying attention, so I don't want to die. Says you evangelize people into the faith, and sometimes you use words. So, and I really love that quote. So it's it's not apologetics is not arguing people into the faith; it's defending your faith. It's the defense of it. And based on my training, I have a good foundation to defend a lot of things and a lot of philosophies. So maybe, like, after I go through the creeds, you know, maybe we'll go over some apologetics. The vast majority of children go to college and then lose their faith. That's terrifying to me as a Christian man. And so there are a lot of ways I'd like you guys to... A lot of things I'd like you children to utilize when you're in college... Because that's when I'm going to reveal this to you all. Oh, there's the steakhouse we went to the other night. Which was... Alright. It, it was okay. I seasoned it alright, but... I don't, I don't like bone in anything. Oh, I'm going to go to Red Lobster. That's where I'm going. I'm going to Red Lobster. I'm going to eat alone. I feel kind of pathetic. But I'm going to bring that Bible in. I'm going to read it. I'm really excited about that. Um, anyways... I don't know what to say. I may edit this part out. I don't know what I was going with that. But I'm always... Your, your mom always gets mad at me because I romanticize everything. I always, like, go a little bit further or, like, just plan way ahead or... You know, I'm a dreamer. And she's a 
planner. She's a pragmatist. And pra two pragmatists should not be married to each other. And two dreamers will bankrupt a family. You know, even if they win the Powerball every month. So. Oh, my sister just texted me. To Red Lobster. Just texted me your aunt. Who said, I said I'm going to Red Lobster to eat dinner. Um... I'm staying away from them right now because I didn't want to make this whole trip about, or this whole graduation about me surprising them. I did want to come though because I think it's important to celebrate accomplishments. I think it's vital to a family. Even if my nephew, your cousin, isn't excited about it, I, deep down he's a little excited about it. He'll look back on today. I remember when I graduated college. And now, after my dad's been gone, it's even more reason to celebrate accomplishment. Uh, I'll tell you a story about my my uncle, your great uncle, who I'm not I'm not going to name. I'm trying to keep this as anonymous as possible, but I applied to a bunch of colleges. And I went to junior college for three years, and a year into me being in junior college. The, we, we, my mom was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And so, I, uh, is this car backing up into me? What are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, um, it's like the worst podcast right now. But, uh, so my, when, when my mom was diagnosed, I was in college and she lasted two years and, I had good grades in college, but um, actually I had perfect grades in college, in junior college, straight A's. It was my dream to get into this dream school. It's people, some people will disagree, but it's the number one public university in the United States. And it's worldwide, it's always on, in like the top four in the world for best education. Certainly the best public education. And it was my dream to go there. And the admission rate is like 10%. It's maybe may like 7% now. It keeps going down. And it was important for, for me, for, for, for my mom to see it. So important to me. And she died on April 27th. And I didn't start getting letters of acceptance till like days after she died. It's a, it's a hard pill to swallow, kids. It really is. And so I, um, the day of her, we call it a rosary, because it was, she was in a Catholic, she, she was, went, her funeral or her rosary obviously was in a Catholic church. The day of that, I got a huge letter from UCLA, which uh, I'm going to sound really arrogant right now, and I really don't mean to be, but UCLA was my safety school. <laughs> I think it's an amazing school. Um, it was my safety school. But I was still thrilled. I had already gotten into a, a UC Davis, um, which another safety school of mine. 
they're still stellar schools. So if, if you guys go to these schools or don't get in or what, don't, it's, you know, it's a numbers game. And I, I had a pretty solid, I, I had a pretty solid um, application. So on the day of my mom's fun funeral, which was attended by thousands, by the way, thousands of people. She, uh, or not she, my, my sisters saw the envelope and they were very emotional. Everyone was. And I, um, I didn't want to make the funeral about me. I thought that was selfish. So I took my immediate family aside. They were there, you know, early to set up and all that stuff, and including my aunts and uncles and cousins. And I said, hey, I'm just going to tell you this right now. Um, don't tell anybody, but, you know, I don't want this to be about me. I said, I got into UCLA today. And everyone just was so excited and crying. And, and I said, yeah, just keep it to yourself. So I'll, you know. And my uncle took me aside. And he's a man of little words anyways. And to me, says says, George, um, there's no conceit in achievement. No conceit in achievement. And I'll, I'll never forget that. Two days after her funeral, I got my letter of acceptance to my dream school, UC Berkeley. And, uh, course I went there you all know that and a funny <laughs> I wouldn't call it an epilogue but a funny thing is I at her funeral service I did mention that I got into UCLA and there weren't like claps because there's a funeral but there was like a huge hush and like it, people seemed excited and and years later I would run into people from my mom's funeral and I would I I would know whether or not they they stayed in contact with my family if they said hey how's UCLA because <laughs> I didn't go to UCLA went to Berkeley though so. Thought that was funny. I have parked. I see a game store I'm going to go into and look around and not buy anything. But um, I love you all. The next thing you're going to hear is Deuteronomy 5 through whatever. We'll get, we'll figure it out. So let's see. Am I going to stop? I got to stop right here. Okay. Bye. All right. Time for part two. I just finished eating it. Red Lobster spent a ton of money at the game store on a bunch of games. I don't know if uh, these games will be popular when by the time you hear this, but there's a this game called Pandemic, which is a it's a group game. It not there's not like one winner. If um, either you all win or you all lose, and it's you have these roles like there's six different roles you can have. Um, I mean characters. And uh, you have to, it's kind of like risk, but you're all working together to stop a, a pandemic. And I figure it's pretty appropriate given today's um, day and age where uh, we're literally in a pandemic. Although I use that term very, very loosely. I, I really don't think it's as serious as people think it is. And my father died of it, but he died of about a dozen things, so can't really, you know, blaming the pandemic is probably extremely unfair to the disease, so. Anyways, 
Got a little emotional last time. You know, it's hard. You know, the weirdest things make me remember certain things, and you don't realize it till till it's staring in your face. And and so I uh, and you know I, I kind of wonder what you guys are gonna remember about me. Oh, that sounds really macabre, but you know you think about your mortality a lot as a father, especially after you've lost a parent, and I've lost two. So, so I think I'm going the right way. Am I going the right way? Anyways, I say anyways way too much. So yeah, I went to the game store thinking I'm not going to buy anything, and I bought three expansion sets for the game Pandemic for um, for the game, and all four of you can play it. From the six-year-old all the way up to the eleven-year-old, the six-year-old's actually pretty good at it. The way he, um, he he understands strategy, which is really cool. So I just left. I just ate a ton of lobster at Red Lobster. Great place. And now I'm heading to my nephew's. We're gonna celebrate him. I just didn't like the idea of eating pizza. I mean, I'm on a vacation in a way. I'm, I'm alone. I'm, I'm not around you guys. And... You know, that's another thing. <coughs> you guys will find this funny. <coughs> well, not, I mean, not like really funny, but uh, your mom is a very practical person. She's, she thinks logically, and, you know, every, every um, decision that's made is made using sound logic. And the... The night before I was supposed to leave on this trip, she told like I, I told you kids for a few days before I was going on this trip, and um, the night before it didn't really register with you guys because you're kids that I was gonna be gone for a few days, and so we said goodbye, and all of you were just hugging me tightly like like you're never gonna see me again, which is sad. It's sad you guys have that kind of fear, and I'm very much to blame for that. We'll get into that another time. But your mom said, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll kiss him tomorrow morning as I'm leaving. And your mom said, please don't, because you'll wake him up. And I was like, well, that makes perfect sense. <coughs> so I didn't. And I, the entrepreneur and the namesake wanted to sleep in the bed with me. In, in our, you know, in our bedroom. And so I was like, that's fine. So you guys pretty much sandwiched me. One on each side. The entrepreneur... Oh, there's a train going by. Sorry about the noise. This is going to be a really scatterbrained podcast. So the uh, the entrepreneur doesn't like sleeping near her brothers. She likes to sleep on the outside of the bed. So she was on the outside. Then there's me and then the namesake. And you two are just amazing children. But when you sleep in the same bed, there is no... like. You don't want space. You guys want to just grab a hold of me. And you cuddle me so hard, which is really cute for like 10 minutes. And then you kids are like little heaters. And it's and I'm like, you know, usually you're not supposed to sweat on your forehead and the back of your neck and your shins when you're sleeping. So that typically happens. Well, I guess the longest train in Colorado is going by. It's a really long train to put my, put in park. 
And so I, I did fall asleep, but I was extremely hot. I fell asleep, then I woke up, and then the, the, the king came, made his way into bed right next to the namesake. And he was cuddling, he was kind of spooning the namesake, which was really cute. You guys are so cute when you sleep. And I felt bad that I wasn't near the, the king, so I, I got up, went around the bed. It's a California king. There's a ton of space. And I was cuddling with the king. And he's, you're precious. You really are. And then the spy came into the bed. And I was on my phone. I couldn't sleep. And I I just heard the thump, thump, thump of the little, of his little feet going down his little ladder from the the triple bunk bed we got. And I, and he comes into the bed. He looks scared because he's, he's trying to adjust the, to the, um, to the light, and I mean, there's no light in the room. There's light in his room, so it's it's hard to adjust to pitch dark. So I wave my phone, I'm like, "Hey, come here!" And I say his name, and he just hops and skips over his three siblings, and and we cuddle for a while. It was precious, but I just it was funny that your mom's like, "Don't kiss him goodnight. We're gonna wake him up." And they two started in my bed, and two ended up. Two more ended up in the bed. It was. It's like those are the memories I think of. So those are good memories. You guys were really sad that I was leaving. But I'm heading back. Heading back tomorrow night. So. So that's all. I think that's all I wanted to say. Oh, yeah, and I went to Barnes & Noble. And, oh, no, I, I already mentioned that. I'm getting old. I'm getting old, guys. I already talked about that. So, I love you. Maybe the next time, you know, the next recording in... Whoopee. Uh, Deuteronomy. So, love you. Bye. Love me, and I'll talk to you very quickly soon. All right, Deuteronomy five. I'm saying we just do five and six. There's a lot to unpack with these. Where's it's like the light is going out? Or hang on, I'm reading it from the from the car. I decided to leave this college party. As it turns out, I'm. Uh, 42. Just was not my scene. A lot of loudness, a lot of uh, drinking, which I've done my fair share of drinking. I think I'm just past that part of my life. So give me a second. Let me just bring this up. Let me use the Bible that I bought. English Standard Version. Um, just looking. What's the name of this thing? Okay. So. Chapter 5. And Moses summoned all Israel and said to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and the rules that I speak in your hearing today, and you shall learn them and be careful to do them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb, not with our fathers did our did the Lord make this covenant, but with us, who are all of us here alive today. The Lord spoke with you face to face at the mountain. So I'm just locking my door. Uh, at the mountain, out of the midst of the fire, while I stood between the Lord and you at the time, to declare to you 
the word of the Lord, for you were afraid because of the fire, and you did not go up into the mountain. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keeping my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy, and as the Lord your God commanded you, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, or your male servant or your female servant, or your ox or your donkey, or any of your livestock, or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Honor your father and mother, as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long, and that it may go well with you in the land of the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, and you shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, and you shall not desire your neighbor's house, his field, or his male servant, or his female servant, his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. These words the Lord spoke to all your assembly at the mountain, out of the midst of the fire, the cloud, and the, and the thick darkness with a loud voice, and he added no more. And he wrote them on two tablets of stone and gave them to me. And as soon as you heard the voice out of the midst of the darkness while the mountain was burning with fire, you came near to me all the heads of your tribes and your elders, and you said, Behold, the Lord our God has shown us his glory and greatness, and we have heard his voice out of the midst of the fire. This day we have seen God speak with man, and man still live. Now, therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us. If we hear the voice of the Lord our God any more, we shall die. For who is there of all flesh that has heard the voice of the living God speaking out of the midst of the fire, as we have and still live? Go near and hear all that the Lord God will say and speak to us, all the Lord God will speak to you, and we will hear and do it. And the Lord heard your words when you spoke to me, and the Lord said to me, I have heard the words of this people which they have spoken to you. They are right in all that they have spoken. Oh, that they have such a heart as this always, to fear me and to keep all my commandments, that it might go well with them and with their descendants forever. Go and say to them, Return to your tents. But you stand here by me, and I will tell you the whole commandment and the statutes and the rules that you shall teach them, that they may do them in the land that I am giving them to possess. You shall be careful, therefore, to do as the Lord God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in, uh, you should walk in all the way the Lord God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may go well with you, that you may live long in the land that you shall possess. Chapter 6. Now this is the commandment, the, the statutes and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, that you may do with it, that you may do them in the land to which you are going over, to possess it, that you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's son, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. 
Hear therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord the God of your fathers has promised you, in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you may not that you did not build, and houses full of all good things that you did not fill, and cisterns that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are around you, for the Lord your God in the midst is a jealous God, lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you, and he destroy you from off the face of the earth. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. As you tested him at Massa, you shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he has commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may go well with you, that you may go in and take possession of the good land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers, by thrusting out all your enemies from before you, as the Lord has promised. When your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules of the Lord our God? has commanded you, then you shall say to your son, We were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and grievous, against Egypt and against Pharaoh, and all his household before our eyes. There's a guy walking by. I'm in a parking lot, so people are talking. Oh, well. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive, that we are this day, and it will be righteousness for us, if we are careful to do all that is commanded before the Lord our God, as he has commanded us. <clears throat> now chapter um, chapter 6, verse 4, is called, there's a, a name for that phrase, for that verse. It's called the Shema, the prayer. It's called the Shema Yisrael. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Um, that's, it's a very important prayer that I believe traditional people that practice traditional Judaism praise. And so it's, it's one of my favorite verses and, and, uh, it's actually, it's actually, um, it's been, uh, used in pop culture quite a bit. And you guys know I'm a big Star Wars fan. It's actually used in one of my favorite Star Wars books. I mean, they don't say Israel, but they say something else. And so it's, it's fascinating. Shema Yisrael is what it's called in Hebrew. The, the prayer of Israel. Jesus, when, when they're asking him, you know, what to do later on, you know, um, and how to get into heaven and, you know, he, he he sums up the the Ten Commandments. You you using two sentences. 
the first sentence is the Shema Yisrael. Um, or excuse me, um, I'm wrong. The the first sentence is what's is verse chapter uh, six verse five, and it's um, where it says, "I want to get it right." Uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Um, and then he adds to that, and then love your neighbor as yourself. And he, that's pretty much summed up the entire law. And I'll tell you this, everyone was probably extraordinarily astonished because there are 613 Levitical rules in Leviticus and, rule, and also uh, Deuteronomy. has, Or excuse me, Numbers. Has, has some rules too. And it could all be summed up in two sentences. And no one had ever thought of that. It just the fact that, that he could do that shows divinity. I remember in law school, they said, they, you know, they would be like, you know, make sure you do an outline so you could understand the material. And they would say outlines usually start at 10 pages, but like the, you know, you keep getting making them smaller and smaller until you could fit on one page, which seemed impossible at the time. Now it makes perfect sense as a lawyer. So like legally, um, the entire law can be wrapped up in both the prayer of Israel and Jesus's addition is in love your neighbors yourself. So it's, it's just fascinating. Um, all of this, I, I geek out over it. So, so anyways, I'm, I'm, I bought, uh, I'm probably not going to go. Yeah, I think I'm just going. Uh, so I'm in parking lot right now. I'm going to head to the hotel and sleep. Maybe I'll edit this and post it to, um, tomorrow. I wonder what song I'm going to end it on. Just don't know. Well, anyways, as always, I love you and I'm proud of you. I love every one of you. I think of all of you all the time. All the time. And, uh, hope you're having a good day. I hope wherever you are when you're listening to this, I hope you know that I have always loved you. And maybe we could talk about this later. Maybe by the time when you're listening to this, I'm just an old man, you know, puttering around in our house or who knows? Who knows? But just. Never forget how much I love you. And in everything you do, do it for the kingdom.
So